bears are on the move. Recent bear sightings near Madison and Milwaukee beg the question, are bears moving south to stay, or are they just wandering through? I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report, and I spoke with Randy Johnson, large carnivore specialist with the Wisconsin DNR, and he shared insight on black bear population trends and the impact they will continue to have as they interact with people more frequently. Randy, can you give us a big-picture take on black bears in Wisconsin? Wisconsin's home to a, a thriving black bear population. Um, our current population models are, are suggesting something like 25,000 black bears in the state, uh, which is you know, obviously a pretty big number. The primary range is uh, across the northern uh, forested areas of the state, but they certainly reach down into some of the central and, and even more uh, west central parts of the state as well. Uh, I often, just as a generalization, I, I draw a line typically from Green Bay down to La Crosse. And if you're kind of north of that line, uh, you know, there, there's resident bears uh, in those areas for sure. Um, you know, our, our population has, has grown considerably over the last 30 years uh, to where it is today, uh, both in numbers and in distribution. Um, and so that's, you know, partially uh, what's driving some of these observations of bears uh, in southern Wisconsin in areas that we typically don't expect to see bears. The recent bear sightings, just in the last couple of weeks, there were bear sightings in suburban Madison, just outside Milwaukee. Is this indicative of the bear range shifting south, or are these anomalies that we're seeing with bears that just happen to wander into territory that they're unfamiliar with? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, so we have you know, a very healthy bear population in this state, uh, it, it has been growing southward and expanding southward for a number of years, and that's a trend we generally expect to see continue. Um, but at the same time, you know, with, with a healthy population, good numbers of bears, you've got some of these individuals that inevitably will strike out, uh, and and you know, some will head south. And once they once they strike out, they typically will continue to walk, and and some of them can cover you know really great distances. Uh, there's there's multiple things at play that result in some of these individual bears popping up uh, in southern Wisconsin. Now, you've mentioned a couple of times the increase in the population of bears in Wisconsin. How does our population of black bears compare to the population of black bears in other states? We've got about 25,000 black bears in our state, according to our population models. I, I think if you look at our neighbors to the west, uh, Minnesota, they're at something like half that many, uh, some 12,000, I believe, uh, There's their latest estimates. Uh, Michigan, I don't recall off the top of my head, but I would say somewhere probably in that 10 to 12 uh, range as well. So, um, you know, a, a, another thing to, to kind of put that into reference, we have a, a, a robust black bear hunting season in the fall in this state, uh, and we average uh, about 4,000 bears taken during that hunting season each year. Uh, and, and for reference, that's typically Wisconsin is right at the top of the list as far as numbers of number of bears taken each fall. Uh, through hunting seasons uh, of any state in the country. Uh, we take more bears than our neighboring states, uh, Alaska, uh, you, you name it. Uh, we're, we're pretty much at the top of that list. So uh, we we have a very healthy bear population. Do you happen to have insight as to why we have more black bears in Wisconsin than compared to those other states nearby? What drives bear populations is, uh, at the end of the day, it's food availability, food resources. Um, and so you know, food resources influence the, the reproductive rate um, and, and all kinds of different metrics that ultimately translates to more bears on the landscape. And so for, for a number of reasons, it seems that Wisconsin is, you know, obviously able to sustain 
a larger bear population through probably higher food availability. Some of that can certainly be agricultural crop. Some of that can be from, you know, human, human, uh, human uses, right? Uh, trash or bird feeders or, or what have you that, you know, is available to bears, whether we want it to be available or not. Uh, certainly the use of bait uh, in our hunting season, I think, contributes to it as well. Um, and then the other thing I think about, too, is we're a little bit farther south than some of these other states. And I think, you know, uh, slightly longer growing season, shorter winter season, uh, all these things, I think, combine to just really make Wisconsin a great place for bears. Looking at the southern part of the state, are those areas that were inhabited by black bears at one point in time before the state of Wisconsin was settled, or is this completely new territory for black bears? Uh, historically, they would have been across the state, for sure. Yep. Um, you know, we're talking probably a couple hundred years ago, per se. Uh, and as 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 many, you know, uh, as, as many of these stories of wildlife go, as, as European settlers came through and, and settled the landscape, you know, especially the large carnivores were eliminated from most of these areas. But it's an interesting phenomenon when you look at black bears really across not only Wisconsin, but across the U.S. Um, this same pattern of expanding numbers, expanding populations is playing out uh, across the entire U.S. Um, you know, not that every state has black bears in it, but, but a number of states uh, are seeing new populations uh, recolonizing, you know, different areas of their states. Um, a handful of uh, states have had uh, new black bear seasons uh, implemented uh, in the, in their states in the last couple of years. Missouri uh, is a good example of that. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's a testament to scientific wildlife management and, and the value and role of hunting seasons in promoting these populations. But also, I think it's a testament to, you know, the general public and, and you know, those, those folks that live out there among these bears being willing to accept these uh, animals coming back and, and learning what to do um, to proactively, you know, reduce any conflict and issues with them. So I think, uh, I think there's a lot to, you know, applaud uh, in these situations. Is the DNR prepared to handle a bear population that is increasingly interacting with people in areas, predominantly more urban areas that they haven't inhabited in quite some time? Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the keys, right? Um, our, our ultimate management goal is not just to put as many bears on the landscape as possible. You know, that's only one part of the equation. The other part of it is, you know, dealing with and, and mitigating some of those negatives that come along with it, whether that's issues with, you know, residential homeowners or agricultural issues or, uh, you know, there's a laundry list of, of potential negatives there. That's the other side of our management plan. Uh, it is working with uh, agricultural producers to address uh, the bear conflicts. Um, it's working with residential owners to make sure they know what they can do to be proactive and, and avoid the conflict, as well as what to do uh, when the conflict does occur. Um, and then another element to that is, you know, southern Wisconsin, uh, with these individual bears popping up, we're, we're trying to place an emphasis on, uh, you know, education and, and providing resources and awareness that uh, really, if you live in Wisconsin anywhere, um, you're, you're in bear country. Um, you know, certainly there's, there's many, many fewer bears in the southern part of the state. But as we've seen in the last few weeks, uh, you know, there's a handful of bears that will wander south and and uh, come through some of these areas. So it's just good for folks, regardless of where they are in the state, to be cognizant of that and, and take a few simple precautions to uh, reduce the chances of any issues. What is most concerning to you in your role regarding human-bear interactions? There's a number of criteria that we look at within bear range um, to 
consider whether we want to try to increase the bear population in an area of the state or maintain it at its current level or even decrease it. Um, things like agricultural damages and nuisance complaints, um, but also, you know, some of the ecological and social benefits of bears, including hunting, but but also just, you know, folks like bears and, and want to see some bears in the landscape. Um, as you move southward in the state, you know, those, those, uh, those considerations change a little bit. Um, you know, uh, an individual bear walking through some of these, these southern counties uh, generates a lot of attention. And, you know, people are not necessarily used to it. So we want to make sure people understand, you know, what is going on in that situation and, and what to do about it. You know, if a bear wanders into town in a neighborhood or something like that, you know, we're, we're obviously concerned for the bear's safety. We don't want to see it get hit by a car or anything like that. But at the same time, we don't want to see uh, pets being injured or killed or, or somebody surprised by a bear and reacting negatively. Um, so all those are considerations. The best case scenario in most of those uh, situations is basically to hands off, let the bear continue on its way. Uh, if it finds its way into one of these city limits situations or suburban situations, you know, typically they're not going to find what they're looking for uh, in these areas. And if left alone, uh, they'll navigate their way out of there and, and return to a little more rural location. What would you say to a person who would come across a black bear if they're out for a hike or they happen to see one in their neighborhood? Yeah, absolutely. So black bears, generally speaking, are shy. They're not aggressive. Uh, very rarely do we see, you know, any kind of aggressive action from a black bear. So generally speaking, uh, you know, they just want to be left alone as much as anything. And so, you know, if you're, if you're, it kind of depends on the context of the situation. Uh, if you see a bear in your backyard or something like that, um, you know, it's really good to try to reinforce to the bear that, hey, this is a place you don't want to be. And so, you know, if you're in a safe location, you know, up on the deck or behind a screen door or something, uh, you know, you can yell at that bear, make some noise, flashlights, anything you can just to scare that bear off. And, and again, reinforce to it that uh, this is an area that it, it doesn't want to be in. If you're out hiking and encounter a black bear, you know, first things first, just stay calm, uh, observe what's going on. You know, oftentimes it's worth just taking a moment to appreciate the fact that you're seeing a black bear uh, in the wild, uh, which is, you know, kind of a, a rare occasion for most. And again, understand those bears uh, just typically want to be left alone as well. So you don't want to surprise it or anything like that. Uh, stay calm. You know, if the bear hasn't noticed you, you can kind of back away uh, and, and try to go around or find a different route. Um, you know, you never want to approach a bear. You never want to try to feed a bear or anything like that. Um, if you're hiking with dogs or pets, uh, the best case uh, is to keep those pets on a leash uh, just to avoid, uh, you know, the pets running up to a bear and trying to interact with it or something like that. But in most cases, you know, just stay calm, back away, don't surprise a bear, and, and you'll be uh, in good shape. Can you share what some of the concerns are with bears in relation to agriculture? What kind of an impact do they have on farmers, whether it's crops or animals? Yeah, great question. So in Wisconsin, like I was saying, that's kind of the other side of our management program is making sure we're being responsive uh, and, and addressing uh, those agricultural damages that, that do come along with bear populations. Uh, in our state, most of the damages we see are agricultural in nature, primarily with uh, corn. Um, we, we see a few, uh, I'm talking single digit uh, livestock uh, depredations or, or livestock killed by bears every year. 
uh, very, very small number, but it does occur. Uh, but primarily, it's it's damages to corn, um, as well as apiaries, uh, beehives. We do see damages to those as well. So uh, the DNR partners with USDA Wildlife Services uh, in the local counties to implement uh, our bear conflict program. And so through this, you know, producers can can apply for assistance uh, and some partial financial compensation for any damages from bears. Um, so some of those options, you know, it can range anything from temporary electric fencing that can go up around, uh, you know, beehives or things like that, you know, small site-specific resources, uh, all the way to uh, shooting permits uh, for black bears or our, our primary abatement method for agricultural damages is live capturing and relocating bears uh, away from crop fields, you know, releasing them out, you know, a number of miles away uh, out in the public forest. So through these different methods, uh, you know, we're pretty actively trying to address uh, these issues as they come up each year. And, and for the most part, I think uh, producers are pretty appreciative of it and, and uh, seems to be largely successful. Are there any problems that the DNR has or any concerns about farmers or others taking action to illegally harvest black bears that might be causing issues? Not not so much. I think for the most part, folks are are aware of the program and the options exist. The options that do exist, as I mentioned, you know, when when problems occur and, and and a producer calls wildlife services, typically what they'll do is is head out and and take a look at this you know location and try to develop a plan that is most appropriate for this location. Right, and there's always there's always a bunch of nuance to it. Whether this is the first time a producer is experiencing an issue, or if it's the tenth year in a row, and that's going to dictate some of those responses. So, like I said, shooting permits for bears is an option uh, in some of these cases. There's lots of pros and cons to all of these, uh, and 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 it all comes back to those uh, specific considerations. But you know, if you have uh, for example, uh, livestock issues. Uh, if you have a bear that's that's raiding a chicken coop or killing goats or something like that, a shooting permit is often a, a good tool in that situation because it empowers that individual or that producer to remove that individual bear uh, if and when it returns. Um, and that's something that we can permit, you know, through the through the department. So I don't think there's a huge need um, or uh, even interest in you know, finding ways around the program uh, because the program is intended to be responsive and, and relatively straightforward uh, for producers to use. What does the future look like for Wisconsin black bears? I think, you know, as we've been discussing, Wisconsin is home to uh, a really good bear population, and, and I don't see that changing uh, anytime soon. Um, I think we'll continue to have strong bear numbers all across the state, and, and I think we'll continue to see individual bears pop up uh, in the southern part of the state. So um, we're fortunate to have a, you know, a, a public, uh, the citizens of the state are, are very supportive of bears and, and they, they really appreciate uh, what it means to have this bear population. And furthermore, they're willing to, you know, do those few precautions uh, to avoid uh, most of the conflict that occurs. Things like taking bird feeders down in the summertime, you know, keeping your trash secure, things like that. Um, just a few simple steps that you know, allows us basically to coexist with bears and, and keeps bears uh, in the wild. And so I think uh, overall, I think things look pretty positive. Uh, we'll continue to, you know, from, from my perspective with the DNR, we'll obviously continue to uh, review our management plan and make sure there's, uh, you know, there's always ways to do things better, right? And so we'll continue to, to strive for that. 
uh, and be responsive, ultimately to make sure we, we have a healthy bear population, but also address the, the issues that uh, can arise. Is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners? Yeah, one thing I should mention is if anybody, uh, if anybody listening out there does suspect that they have bear uh, conflict issues, uh, they can reach out to USDA Wildlife Services. Uh, they're the, the folks that we partner with at the DNR to uh, address uh, bear conflict um, and provide some resources. So those phone numbers can be found on the DNR website. That was Randy Johnson painting a very positive picture of the future for black bears in Wisconsin, one where humans and bears can coexist. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Nate Zimdars.